and so uh, we'll go ahead and and uh, and get started. Um, bring this up here so I can so I can see. All right. Um, so uh, is welcome to week four of our expedition through the book of Ephesians. Um, we we are in verses eleven through fourteen today. Okay, uh, and you're welcome to go back and and uh, if you and look and watch some of the other um, messages that we've done already. Uh, but um, I was kind of looking forward to doing this in uh, uh, you know live, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, we have to be here for now. But um, I, I don't know if anybody out there is a Stevie Wonder fan. Um, I like Stevie Wonder. He he's just, uh, I think very talented. Um, you know, despite being um, uh, blind, he he, uh, he has produced many um, records over the years, and um, I think he's still one of the best um, one of the best R and B um, you know in that genre and uh, singers in in uh, in my lifetime. But um, tell me if you well you can you can comment if you want if you're live with me, but. Um, uh, there's a song, and, and uh, I, I'm scared to sing it because I'm going to run people away, but um, it goes like this. Part of that song says, Like a fool, I went and stayed too long. Now I'm wondering if your love's still strong. Ooh, baby, here I am. Signed, sealed, delivered. Um, and so I I hope you guys know that song. If you don't, um, that song is uh, called Signed, Sealed, and Delivered. And it came out in June of 1970, so two years, almost exactly two years before I was born, um, and was number one on the R&B charts for six weeks. It, it was the first song I found out that that Stevie Wonder produced on his own, and it came back into popularity with the presidency of, of Barack Obama, uh, which I didn't know until recently. Um, now, this sermon has nothing to do with politics, by the way, but has everything to do with our standing in Christ. So welcome again to week four of our expedition through the book of Ephesians. So with a, a shout out to Mr. Stevie Wonder himself, my central point today is as Christians, we have an eternal standing that is signed, sealed, and delivered. And again, nods to uh, to, to Mr. Stevie Wonder. Um, and so today's uh, uh, passage that we're going through, I'm going to read all of it, and then we're going to go uh, look at, um, kind of go back and look at it individually. So um, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. In him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will, so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. In him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is a down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession, to the praise of His glory. May God bless the reading of His word. And so, um, the, the first part, look back at verse 11. Uh, it says, In Him, in Jesus, we have also received an inheritance, because we were predestined according to the plan of the One who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of His will. Well, I don't know about you all, but uncertainty can be a tough thing, right? Uh, without growing, going into great detail, I, I applied for a pastor position at a church, and uh, I thought I had a uh, a decent um, uh, shot at it, and didn't even hear anything about it for like three months. Um, and then um, come to find out, they hired somebody else. I didn't even know it, and the whole time I was I was actually wondering, you know, I I didn't know where I stood, you know, what my standing was. I, I was uncertain, and I'm like, man, I wonder if I have a shot here, and and then I actually. 
uh, met the new pastor at a restaurant. But, um, you know, the whole time I was wondering where I stood. And so that uncertainty is definitely a tough thing. And what I want to point out from the start today are the first two words in verse 11, in him. So again, I, I want to be very clear that we're, we are referring today to those who have placed their faith in the finished work of Christ Jesus on the cross in our place. Okay, uh, I'm not talking about people who refer to themselves as Christians, but are not. And, you know, we have a lot of posers these days, and some of y'all may not know what that means, but it's people who like to pretend they're something, but but they're not. Uh, you know, just because you grew up in church does not make you a Christian. You know, um, just because uh, you were baptized whenever you were um, seven years old doesn't make you a Christian. Just because your parents were devout and and holy Christians and were there every time the doors were open in church, again, does not make you a Christian. Um and so, again, today we're looking at our standing, our standing in Christ. And I want you to be encouraged today because doubt can be a scary thing. I, you know, I, I don't think it means that you're not saved uh, necessarily, but I do think Satan can use it to make you less effective for the kingdom of God. So where do you stand? If you've given your life uh, uh, to Christ and you have trusted in what he, uh, on his finished work on the cross, um, uh, that what he did on the cross was... Um, in in your place, um, then where do you stand? Well, there's three um, parts of today's message. If you're taking notes, and goes back to Stevie Wonder's song, signed, sealed, and delivered. So, number one, if you're taking notes today, you have an inheritance that is signed by God Almighty. And as we look at this idea of the signed inheritance, uh, we'll look at three H's. Okay, we have an inheritance. Uh, humans as inheritance, and then hope in Christ. And so uh, God had a plan from the beginning, and it it involved um, sending His Son to die in our place. So in Christ, God signed us as inheritance. We are God's holy heritage, so to speak. And did you know that wills have have been in existence since at least ancient Greece? Like I was, I was pretty uh, impressed by that. I, I had no idea it was uh, it existed back then. Uh, and of course, everyone knows about wills and it has to be signed and it's set and there's no changing it. But I, I, I thought you would enjoy some of these. I found some pretty bizarre uh, will stipulations uh, from the website Mental Floss, and I'm going to tell you about four or five of them. It says um, Leanna, Leona Hem, Helmsley, the notoriously egomaniacal. Maniac- egomaniacal, sorry, I can't speak today, uh, hotelier famously left $12 million to her Maltese trouble while entirely cutting two of her grandchildren out of her will uh, for, quote, reasons which are known to them. Her other two grandchildren didn't get off the hook entirely. Their inheritance were inheritances were contingent upon their regularly making visits to their father's grave where they would have to sign a registration book to prove they had shown up. That's pretty crazy. Um, Carlotta Liebenstein, uh, when Liebenstein, a German countess, died in 1991, she left her entire $80 million estate to her dog, Gunther. Her dog got an $80 million home. Uh, Sandra West, a, a California socialite and oil, her- oil heiress, uh, died when she was just 37 years old and requested that she be buried, quote, in my lace nightgown in my Ferrari with the seat slanted comfortably, uh, end quote. Uh, her family buried West in her powder blue 1964 Ferrari 330 America, then covered a car with cement to deter car thieves. Yes, that really happened. Um, and then uh, two more. Luis Carlos de Naronja Cabral de Camara, 
the Portuguese aristocrat. He was a, a, a childless bachelor, so he divvied up his estate by picking 70 names at random from the Lisbon phone book. When he died 13 years later, his attorneys notified the unsuspecting benef- beneficiaries that they stood to inherit their benefactor, benefactor's cash, his home, and his car. Uh, imagine being one of those people um, that they and then last one Heinrich Hein the German poet left his entire fortune to his wife but with one catch she had to remarry because quote because then there will at least uh, she had to remarry quote because then there will be at least one man to regret my death now, I know that sounds terrible. Uh, forgive me for that one. No, that was just from Middle Floss. But anyway, the interesting thing we see today is that we see from this text that we have received an inheritance um, in him, and we are an inheritance. Um, and that's two of the subpoints here. The King James Version reads, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, but, quote, in whom also we were made an inheritance is also a possible translation. Uh, both are true, and the one includes the other. So the first sub-point is we have an inheritance. So look at that idea. In Christ we have a wonderful inheritance. First uh, Peter 3, verse 4 First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of His great mercy, He has given us new birth unto a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. And listen to those words again. Imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven. Uh, for these uncertain times, it surely is encouraging to hear such certain words uh, like those. And the next thing that goes with that, um, it's kind of the other side of the, of the coin there, is the humans as the inheritance. See, we, we are valuable to God. Uh, Think of the price God paid to purchase us and make us part of his inheritance. You know, uh, God the Son is the Father's love gift to us, and we are the Father's love gift to his Son. As Warren Wiersbe wrote, the church is Christ's body, building, and bride. Uh, Christ's future inheritance is wrapped up in his church. We are joint heirs with Christ, as it says in Romans 8, verse 17. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. In the Old Testament, the Israelites were God's inheritance. Deuteronomy 4 verse 20 says, But the Lord selected you and brought you out of Egypt's iron furnace to be a people for his inheritance as you are today. Deuteronomy 32 verse 9 says, But the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his own inheritance. But even in the New Testament, we see that God still has his people. Titus chapter 2, verse 14 says, He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. And that would uh, be us. Um, we'll be part of that today. And see, this happened before the beginning of time. We weren't, we weren't there whenever this was decided. We, we come to faith in Christ not by chance, by coercion or unaided choice, but by the enabling of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember whenever the Spirit first drew you to Christ? Um, you know, maybe you were um, at a pew and you had a, a grip of the pew in front of you and your knuckles were white. Um, or wherever you may be, I, I know you, you, you probably remember uh, that drawing um, that you felt uh, towards God. And that was Holy Spirit. And again, by the way, uh, we've said this many times, He rewards us for something we have not done. Okay, um, It's what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. Amen? We belong to God. And think about the glorious inheritance that we're going to receive. Talk about riches untold. And we, we, we talked about it here recently, going through the book of Ephesians. 
And it's all because of Christ. And so the third sub-point, as we look at the signed part of signed, sealed, delivered today, we have hope in Christ. Um, archaeologists have dug up first century cemeteries in, in Greece and Rome, and, and I found many um, tombstones that bear the Greek or Latin inscription for no hope. Uh, you know, imagine living your entire life with no hope. Uh, imagine going to your death to that eternal night again with no hope. It's a sad thing. See, Ephesians 1 verse 12, so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. What do you hope in today? Um, have you put your hope in Christ or do you trust in quote unquote lady luck? Um, do, do you have faith or do you have, or, or do you trust in circumstance or happenstance? You know, um, did you know that there are $42 billion each year spent on sports betting? That's that's crazy. Uh, um, and see, Paul's readers would, you know, the people in Ephesus, they, they would have known about this idea of luck. Um, they actually bowed to, quote-unquote, lady luck or fate in their affairs by prefacing their many public actions with a dedication to the goddess Tai Chi, which means luck or more commonly, Agathe Taichi, good luck. See, they, they would have known uh, about this um, and, and trusting in, in in luck. But here, Paul was making it clear that you can have hope in Christ Jesus. See, in Paul's gospel, there's no competing arbitrary luck, but an omnipotent and all-powerful God who has graciously revealed the mystery of His will in Christ. Well, there was a, a a big hair band in the '80s called Poison that I actually um, listened to uh, many times, and they sang a song um, uh, called um, called "Something to Believe In," and, and they they pleaded. They said, "Give me something to believe in. If there's a Lord above, and, and please just give me something to believe in." And we're actually going to look a a little bit about that later. But here's the thing: we we have something that we can believe in and hope in. And it's Jesus Christ. God's actions in redemptive history are not haphazard or arbitrary or by chance or by luck, but are the execution of His purpose in Christ. Biochemist and author and former atheist Cy Garty said the following. He said, What I learned when the Spirit rescued me from atheism is that living without the love of God is like eating without the sense of taste or seeing without color. You can do it, but why would you want to? So, as Christians, we have an eternal standing that is signed, sealed, and delivered. Now let's go to the second point. In Him, verse 13, In Him you also were sealed with a promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. So point two, you have an inheritance that is sealed by the Holy Spirit. And as we look at this idea of sealing, we're going to look at two parts. Uh, the seal is both assured and authenticated. And once again, I love the details as one studies the Word of God. The, the idea of being sealed has actually two potential meanings. All right? The assured and authenticated. We're going to look at these. It can either mean that the Holy Spirit protects and preserves Christians until they reach their inheritance, or that He certifies the authenticity of their acceptance by God as being genuine. They, they bear the quote-unquote royal seal, so to speak. And we're going to look at both of those. See, official documents or sealed in antiquity, uh, implying protection and ownership. When you believe in Christ Jesus as your Savior, God puts you inside an envelope called Jesus. You're in Christ. 
Uh, and again, we mentioned how Paul uses in him or in Christ many times in the book of Ephesians. But God also guarantees delivery, which is going to be my last point today. He registers the letter and seals it with the Holy Spirit, indicating that he is its owner and only one and the only one qualified to open it. And so assured seal, if you're taking notes, okay, our, our inheritance is protected and preserved. Okay, it's assured that it's going to be taken care of. Sealing in the New Testament, the idea of sealing um, in, the, in the New Testament has a function of, uh, of closing, of either closing up an enclosure or a scroll. So just listen to a couple of verses. Um, closing up an, an enclosure, Matthew 27, verse 66, perhaps the one that we, we think uh, the most about when we think uh, in this. Um, they went and secured the tomb of Jesus, okay, after he uh, uh, was crucified, by setting a seal on the stone and placing the guards. And then Revelation 20, verse 3 says, He threw him, uh, and Satan, into the abyss, closed it, and put a seal on it so that he would no longer deceive the nations until a thousand years were completed. After that, he must be released for a short time. But the the idea is 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 closed, all right? Uh, it's a function of closing up an enclosure. Or a scroll, Revelation 5, 1, uh, Then I saw on the right hand of the one seated on the throne, a scroll with writing on both sides, sealed with seven seals. It's closed up. It's, it's secure. Um it's protected. It's preserved. Um, and then also, uh, Revelation 22, 10 makes reference to that. Then he said to me, don't seal up the words of the prophecy of this book because the time is near. And then the next one, um, authenticated seal. Just as a signature on a letter uh, attests to the genuineness of the document, and I know nobody here has ever forged their parents' uh, um name on a report card or something right i I just know i got people out there who who haven't done that um but anyway um but just as a signature on letter attests to the genuineness of the document so the presence of the spirit proves that the believer is genuine just listen to a couple of these verses uh, let the word of god uh, speak to you romans 8 verse 9 you however are not in the flesh but in the spirit if indeed the spirit of god lives in you if anyone does not have the spirit of christ he does not belong to him John 6, verse 27 says, Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set His seal of approval on Him. He has set His seal of approval on you. 2 Timothy 2, verse 19, Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, bearing this inscription, The Lord knows those who are His. Excuse me. And let everyone who calls on the name of the Lord turn away from wickedness. The first part of verse 2 in Revelation 7 says, Then I saw another angel rising from the, up from the east who had the seal of the living God. See, it's not simply our lip profession or religious our religious activity or our good works, but the witness of the Spirit that makes our profession authentic. Another version uh, of verse 13 says um, that we're, we were marked in Christ with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. I, I like that idea, marked with a seal. Uh, that's the language of, of ownership. See, in the in the first century world, people marked their possessions with distinctive wax seals. Slaves and cattle would be branded. And so, you know, to be an example, so when believers in Christ are given the Holy Spirit, they are sealed in Christ, and therefore they know that they belong to God. Second Corinthians 1 verse 22 says, He has also put His seal on us and given us the Spirit in our, the spirit in our hearts as a down payment. And the cool thing is that those seals in ancient times were external, while God is internal in the heart. He puts His Spirit within His people in order to mark them as His own. And so as Christians, we have an an eternal standing that is signed, it's sealed, and it's delivered. 
Ephesians 1, verse 14, the Holy Spirit is a down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of His glory. So point three is you have an inheritance that will that will be delivered in God's timing. And for this last point, we're going to look at three G's. We're going to look at the idea that delivery is guaranteed, that this is for His glory, and it's God's gift that paid for it. See, God guarantees delivery. Delivery is guaranteed. Uh, you know, and you can't always say that about things, you know, especially kind of in reference to what I mentioned earlier, the sporting, uh, sport betting industry and how much money they make. And I mean, um, you know, I, I remember when I was, um, I think I was, I think it was in the mid 80s, uh, must have been 14 or 15 years old in the NCAA tournament where, um, you know, Georgetown was was playing Villanova. And, and back then, Villanova didn't have a great you know, they they were good, but you know they were huge, huge, under, huge underdogs, and they had to play um, basically almost a perfect uh, game to beat Georgetown. Georgetown had Patrick Ewing, and he was the best player in the college basketball. He's a big old guy, and he went on to play for the Knicks and was very good. But anyway, my point is, it, it was you know uh, most people I'm sure um, bet on Georgetown to win, but Villanova shot like 75 percent, which is crazy high. Um, percentage in the game, and, and, and they won the game. Now, it might have not been that high, but I remember it being 65 to 75%. But anyway, my point is that they won. And then um, and a couple years later, North Carolina State beat uh, beat Houston, the five slamma jamma um, team with Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler. And I know some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but, um, you know, there, there's no guarantees. You know, anything can happen. That's one of the fun things about sports is really anything can happen. And see, so betting on outcomes – is not a certainty. You know, it's not guaranteed. Um, but with our standing in Christ, we can have a guarantee. Um, you know, you think about like, you never have to wait for something to be delivered, something you ordered online and, or whatever, and you're so excited to get it. You know, you pay for it, it's on its way, but you haven't received it yet. You know, you're all like, oh man, you're like, man, I can't wait till I get that. And see, we will have heaven. It's a guarantee. All right. Um, uh, you know, I, I I think of Jerry. I think of Jerry Clower. No, and Jerry Clower is another guy who said it's a guarantee. I can't remember who said it. So I think it's a Cajun guy. But uh, anyway, uh, the package of eternal life will be delivered, and it will be right on time because God's timing is perfect. Um, you know, I, I, I and that's a whole other sermon in another day. But just tell you something. You know, uh, just happened this past week, and you know, um, one of our, one of our very own, um, Miss Dolores was, you know, she, she messaged me and told me what happened to her and I'm not going to, uh, go in detail and, but, um, it was very encouraging to her and it's something that she needed right at that time. Cause again, God's time is perfect. I see, speaking of our eternal security, <coughs> excuse me, our eternal standing, the Holy Spirit is our down payment or a guarantee that we do have eternal life. The, the Greek text of uh, verse 14 uses uses the word arabon which could be translated first installment a deposit or a down payment it is used two other times in the new, in the new testament and in both cases it in reference to the whole, to the spirit as proof that our future in god is secure and the holy spirit re- reassures us of his future blessings that's in second corinthians 1 verse 22 and 2 Corinthians 5 verse 5, which says, He has also put His seal on us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a down payment. And then, now the one who prepared us for this very purpose is God who gave us the Spirit as a down payment. So while I could make the the obvious uh, joke about having to put a down payment on an engagement ring, 
um, I do want to make a connection to an engagement ring. Um, like an engagement ring, the Holy Spirit is a down payment uh, on an eternal commitment. It's saying this is going to happen. I'm, you know, like a engagement ring. I'm, I'm going to marry that person. The Spirit is a heavenly first installment given in, in anticipation of eternal life, a life that is eternally secure. Amen. He's a foretaste of what's ahead. He is our only down payment of coming glory. Nothing else is is provided or needed. There's nothing else we need to have, just the Holy Spirit. And also note, the believing comes before the sealing. We must first believe. Ephesians, now let's look at verse 14. Ephesians 1 verse 14, The Holy Spirit is a down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of His glory. And that's my next uh, sub-point there. This is for His glory. I mean, do you, when I talked about earlier, you know, about that package, were you happy when you got it? Uh, I'm sure you were. Um, to live to the praise of the glory of His grace is is both to worship Him ourselves by our words and deeds as a gracious God He is, and to cause others to see and to praise Him too. I mean, you know, do, do we live that way? Um, I mean, do we really worship Him? And do we cause others to uh, to praise Him? And see, our, our constant complaining or the church's constant complaining doesn't honor God, God and it doesn't draw others to Him either. And, and I've been guilty of that myself. See, we have a good God who leaves us an inheritance in Christ. We we don't have a miserly God who withholds things from His children like like this lady. Her, her name was Hetty Green, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, she had, may have been the biggest miser who ever lived. Her father died and she was 30, leaving her an inheritance of more than $100 million in today's money. Though it was unusual for a woman to be involved with banking and investments at this time, she concentrated all her efforts and attention on growing the family fortune. Her focus on money drove a wedge between her husband and their two children, and the family was scattered. Known for eating cold oatmeal to save money for heating and washing only the hem of her dress to save money on soap, she was sometimes called the Witch of Wall Street. When her son, Ned, broke his leg as a boy, she tried to have him treated in a free clinic for the poor before treating him at home. His leg would later have to be amputated. When she died, Hetty Green was worth the equivalent of some $4 billion today, but she was alone and miserable. See, praise God, we don't have a uh, a God like that. Uh, we have a God who loves us and cares for us and um, wants to... Uh, to wants to bless us. It's and the third subpoint in in this last point today about delivered. It's it's God's gift that paid for it, and it's a, you know again a down payment is a payment made as a as part of a large purchase in the early stages of a of a financing agreement. Uh, the higher the down payment, the lower the interest payments will be on the remainder of the loan. And see, I, I don't know that there's ever been a higher price that was paid than what Jesus did on the cross for us, giving us very life. And so I just want to be clear that it was God who did the paying. It was God's gift that paid for it. And that um, our inheritance and our standing will be delivered. So again, as we wrap up today and get to the conclusion, as Christians we have an eternal standing that is signed, it's sealed, and delivered. And the Lord Almighty, He signed on that dotted line that we belong to Him. You know, the seal of the Holy Spirit authenticates us as truly included in Christ. And, and our eternal home in heaven will be delivered to us one day. Or should I say, we will be, be delivered there. But before we leave today, I want to ask, does anyone know the second part of that line? See, I'm, I'm going to scroll back up over here and, and, and 
Um, if you know the song, you can sing with me, um, but or you can uh, you know sing it in your heart if you want or whatever. So um, but Stevie Wonder sings. It says, "Like a fool, I went and stayed too long. Now I'm wondering if your love's still strong. Ooh, baby, here I am, signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours." See, that's the rest, the the second part of that uh, of that verse. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. As we close today, can you say? To God that I'm yours. It can, can you say that you belong to Him? I mean, all the way. Um, just as I mentioned many times before, the Abraham Kuyper quote where he says, There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry mine. But what about your heart? Does it belong to Christ? If so, there is a part of you know, if if maybe there's a part of you lately that you've been holding out from God, whatever that is, give it to Him today. And if you, you're not Christ, if you don't belong to Him, you can't say, I'm yours. Um, just know that, that Jesus died in your place. And it's a matter of, play, of, of admitting the fact that you're a sinner and you, you can't do it on your own and believe that Jesus is God's Son, that, that Jesus died on a cross, uh, that, he was re- that He resurrected from the grave. Um, and you believe in those things and know that what He did on, a cry, on the cross um, paid for your sins. It meant for you. It took your place. Then make that decision today, please. And you can you can message me or whatever uh, comment if you want, um, but you don't have to. It's just between you and God. You know, but give and if there's something in your heart that that doesn't belong to God, give it to Him today. So as you ra- wrap up today, I want you to be encouraged because um, if you place your faith in Christ, you have an inheritance that you did not earn that is sealed until that day comes, and it will happen. It's a certainty. And I, I want to kind of wrap up with with a. Uh, with something that I mentioned earlier, I alluded to earlier, uh, and I know it's late, and, and y'all probably like ready for me to shut this off, but um, I want to read you um, some of the lyrics of the song I referenced earlier by Poison, um, Something to Believe in. I just want you to see um, and, and hear the hopelessness and sadness that exists um, in, in the world um, without Christ. And, and so this is some of the song here, and it goes like this, Well, I see him on the TV. Preaching about the promised land. He tells me to believe in Jesus and steals the money from my hand. Some say he was a good man, but Lord, I think he sinned. 22 years of mental tears. Cries a suicidal Vietnam vet. Who fought a losing war on a foreign shore to find his country. Didn't want him back. Their bullets took his best friend in Saigon. Our lawyers took his wife and kids, no regrets. In a time I don't remember, in a war he can't forget. He cried, forgive me for what I've done there, because I never meant the things I did. And then he goes to the last verse. He says, I drive by the homeless sleeping on a cold, dark street, like bodies in an open grave, underneath the broken old neon sign that used to read, Jesus saves. A mile away live the rich folks, and I see how they're living it up. While the poor they eat from hand to mouth, the rich is drinking from a golden cup. And it just me just makes me wonder why so many lose and so few win. There's a lot of questions there, and actually, there's a lot of uh, I mean, a lot of things that we can discuss there. I'm actually um, thinking about doing that in the future because, I like, I was um, I, I just you know I was like, wow, there's actually a lot there. But today, I just wanted you to to see the hopelessness um, in that and, and the questions that they ask. And while there's good questions. It's, there, there's not any, you know, there's not any answers, and that's what kind of the point is. Like, give me something to believe in, because like I can't, I don't know what I'm seeing here in in this world. 
And while there's un, so there's, while there's hopelessness and uncertainty um, in our world today, we have a remedy, and His name is Jesus Christ. There is hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so again, as we wrap up today, Christian, as Christians, we have an eternal standing that is signed, sealed, and delivered. And I hope that you can say the last part today. I'm yours to Jesus. Love you guys. Um, thank y'all for being with me today. And uh, if y'all need anything, just let me know. Hope y'all have a great rest of your Sunday.